Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Shot Volume. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined by Anthony Petrielli. And today I want to talk a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights because they're, you know, kind of indisputably the most impressive team in the NHL so far in terms of results, in terms of how they've played. And Anthony, I know that in your recent column last week, you had a really good point about how a lot of other teams are going to be copying how this team plays defense. Yeah, and and it's important to note the quality of teams, right? Like the, the Leafs are making a bit of a shift to more of a zone defense the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Edmonton Oilers, who obviously have struggled to start. Like those aren't minnows in the league that are doing it. There are teams that are looking at the, I think it's two things. One, they're looking at what the previous champion did in an effort to help get them there and get over the hump. But I also think the league is trying to adjust to changes teams are making in the offensive zone. So by that, I mean, one thing we've started to see teams really integrate into their offense at a much more frequent level than really, honestly, I can remember for decades now is pulling a forward high in the offensive zone as a threat, right? So instead of the traditional like two defensemen on the blue line or even one going up the wall and a little bit more of one at the top, even in five on five situations, we're actually seeing teams pull a forward high to the middle of the ice and at times often now we'll see three players on the same team along the blue line of sorts or in between the blue line and the top of the circle and they're trying to pull defenders away right so like when when that happens now there's a bunch of space in the middle of the ice there's a bunch of space in the corners and I think teams are trying to figure out the best way to counteract that and which is why I think we're seeing a lot of teams go more towards zone saying all right you're going to pull a guy up high, but we're not going to bite on that and give you the middle of the ice. We think back to Tampa, Toronto, the Leafs scored a pile of goals from point shots, right? That like just got through, you know, Derek Lalonde had the quote about Vasilevsky and seeing pucks from a distance. It was a whole story for them in round one. And so I'm not sure it's like a total, just this is what Vegas is doing, but also like how do we counteract these teams pulling up forwards high and creating all this space down low and instead, they're kind of back to zone and packing the house. And I almost have visions of like John Tortorella, New York Rangers, Dan Girardi blocking like 40 shots a game. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like you said, it's it's the quality of the teams they're doing. It's notable. 
I'm always a little bit skeptical when you get that copycat league thing going, where it's like, oh, this is the team yeah. that won the cup. Therefore, this is the way we need to play the game. Like that, you know, you're talking about a cup run is like 20 games, right? Like it, it's an easy way to fall into a trap. And what's interesting about this is like, you do need certain type of players to do this effectively, right? Like it, there are different demands of a zone defense and a man defense. And we're playing zone defense, honestly, in any sport, like whether it's football, whether it's basketball, you know, you're passing off assignments. You need people with a lot of awareness. You need people with smarts. So what I'm interested in seeing, and if this is, yeah. And if this is the trend, like I'm interested in seeing if teams blow it. Like I, I think that there's a chance you'll see teams who are like, oh, this is the way the league is going. This is how we counter this offensive evolution. And they don't necessarily have the pieces to do it because there's a downside too. Like with a zone defense, sometimes you're giving guys a lot of time and space. There could be guys who are dangerous from distance. And if you're packing the house down low and you're kind of, you know, conceding, because that's what Vegas does a decent amount of time. They sort of concede what they consider to be non-dangerous shots. And there's certain guys who can make you pay on that a little bit more than others. If you've got Vasilevsky, he just doesn't see the the puck from long distance, which is obviously not a real thing. But like, I don't know, like there are, it's not like, oh, there's no downside to this. You do need the right type of players. And I'm curious to see if there's an overcorrection here because it's so easy to see Vegas and they had an incredible run and they're off to an incredible start. Like there aren't a lot of teams so far early in the season who you're saying, Oh, this team looks totally unstoppable. Vegas is that team. And that's something I think it's going to be worth tracking all years. Like if people start playing follow the leader here, is that actually going to work out for them? The other interesting note too, is kind of conceptually what happens when you play zone, right? Like Vegas Vegas was like 22nd in five on five shot attempts. Like they were nowhere near a possession fiend. And it's kind of interesting for that to happen coming off the like Corsi era, we'll call it, where it was all about who's ranking high in possession. And even traditionally, we might see teams like Vegas that had good regular seasons. And then conversely, teams who kind of struggled at times throughout the regular season, like the LA Kings come playoff time it was the kings winning the cup uh and i know that there's a few others like i'm not saying it was just they were the possession team they obviously made big deadline ads marion gabrick was massive dustin penner was a big addition not just boiling it and trying to simplify it to that point but that was definitely very much an era of like who has the puck and who's taking the most attempts on net and those teams were often successful i mean even if we look at who they played in the stanley cup final it was the Florida Panthers who were third in that category and they struggled throughout the regular season, but then they got to playoff time and all of a sudden they're taking down giant after giant. And a lot of it was just this, this attack that like constantly had the puck. They were constantly getting pucks to the net. They were constantly bodies and funneling it there and so on and so forth. And the zone defense and, and Vegas handled Florida. I thought fairly easily in the Stanley cup final, all things considered like I, very early yeah, on, I, that's like, I don't know if this is much of a series. Like, I, th I think Vegas has them pretty handily, and they did. Um, but it's an interesting thought experiment in terms of, you know, to your point, like teams see what other teams are doing, and it is it true with what they've built, and now they're changing a little bit? Or, like, is this just the direction to go in? Because you are forfeiting some. Like, a zone defense, there's a reason teams have played zone defense, by and large, for, like, decades now. It's because you let the other team have the puck a lot. Teams get a lot of shot opportunities out of it. Vegas was certainly one of the, like, they 
came out really well in terms of like expected goals and like actual goals because they had a good counter punch. Uh, but you are giving up something to do this. When the Toronto Maple Leafs signed Ryan Reeves to a three-year contract in the offseason, you sort of knew that it was going to be a discourse driver for, for a long time. You rarely see a team get a guy who is sort of this, you know, he's an enforcer, maybe not a guy who fights 20 times a year like they used to back in the day, but kind of the closest thing you have to that. And it's only taken a couple of games, right, for that for that to become a storyline where people are talking about like, on one hand, people say, you know, he's doing exactly what you're paying him to do. He's going out, he's chirping people. He's already fought twice. Uh, he's a perfect lift for this room that's quiet, yada, yada, yada. On the flip side, like you could look at, you know, any statistical measure would tell you that when Ryan Reese is on the ice, that good things generally don't happen for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't want to have that, like, is fighting in hockey good or bad discussion? I feel like it's been happening for years and years and years. It'll continue to happen. What I'm interested in is, do we have the ability to evaluate this player? Like, do we have the tools at our disposal to evaluate this player? Because it seems like one side of the argument is pretty subjective and one side of the argument is pretty objective, but maybe missing some of that subjective stuff that has importance. And I feel like maybe this is a situation where we should admit our ignorance a little bit, because I'm not 100% positive that we are going to ever know the effect Ryan Reeves has on the Maple Leafs or players like him have on their respective teams. Yeah, I think it's it's a really tough one. And it's it's a strange one at times because I, I, do, I do feel for Reeves in this scenario because it seems like almost every game is now this like argument um, as to his value and what it is and whether it's worth it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but like I don't I don't think he brings nothing to the table, but so even beyond you know the the fighting and, and the hitting and the things that you're saying in terms of the room, I guess the the way that it needs to be looked at is is there any potential impact on teammates and how you go about evaluating that is all over the place, right? Like, you know, we caught we often hear, oh well, what makes guys feel safer. And I honestly like genuinely have no doubt, but like, does that safeness we'll call it make them play better hockey is a question. So then you have to go down the rabbit hole of looking at teammates and saying, well, like, are they playing better in this? So, so and so called safe situation. And how is that playing out? I also think sometimes too, like, like the way that he plays or a player like him plays can be contagious to teammates you know, um, an example is the Leafs played Chicago this week. And at the end of the period, Seth Jones went and got the puck. And there's like two seconds left. And Kelly Yarncroft went and hit him to end the period. And like actually knocked him down, which was all around stunning. I don't think I've seen Kelly Yarncroft go out of his way to throw a hit, much less one with a period ending. And that wasn't going to amount to anything in terms of gameplay. Now, obviously, the Leafs lost the game. But, you know, that kind of maybe attitude that he brings about where, like, the team is trying to be more physical on the whole because he's one that's doing it and it kind of builds some momentum. And to me, I would always say, I think being physical over the course of a playoff series, like, obviously a one-off random game on a Monday night against Chicago means very little. But I think a team that has that physical culture and that's embedded and 
and they do those things throughout a playoff series, I think that wears teams down. I think we very much saw that with Florida in the playoffs last year. Like they wore teams down physically, but you need to kind of start. You can't just turn that on come playoff time. That's like a culture building thing that you got to build about. But I just, often people are looking and they're like, all right, well, Reeves expected goals or like, that's not the way to judge this guy. Like you can't just judge every single player off this like this that's not a catch-all metric for every single thing that somebody does like it's just it's not the you can always cherry pick a stat right like it often it needs context and the situation around it, it. is it is an indication though that and I, no and, and i'll i'll admit my bias. i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's like I'm not a big fighting and hockey person. Like I've never really been, you know, even growing up watching a game when that was much more prominent. Like that was never what drew me to the game. And I'm not trying to judge people who have a different opinion. I'm just saying I'm giving you my bias out front. So my bias is I think that with that money, you'd better off having Sam Lafferty, right? Like that's kind of, you can exactly have Sam Lafferty and you had to trade him because the cap issues you had, they make equivalent money. And I think that, you know, a David Kampf defensive line that has Lafferty is more likely to give you better minutes than one with Reeves. And and his, you know, the way he affects his teammates, like you could say he affects some teammates in a positive way. I think maybe he affects a guy like Kampf who you've invested in, in a negative way. That being said, like all of that said, like your his minutes may literally not help the team score goals and that's but that's not his job. And everything you're saying is unprovable. So like my first instinct is to be like, that's bullshit because you can't prove it. But it's not but I can't prove that it's bullshit either, right? And so I think that in an environment where people are giving their opinions about hockey, there's no incentive to say, I don't know how to feel about this because like no one wants to watch that, right? Like that's not going to show up on first take. Like I, I, I'm confused. I don't know how to feel about this, but I, I just think there should be a little bit more room for that in the discussion of like, I genuinely don't know. And that's how I feel a little bit about Reeves. Like I genuinely don't know because I can see the negatives clearly and the positives are hazy and it's just so hard to weigh that. Well, even if we look at someone like Lafferty, who obviously is a better hockey player, no one's going to argue that. Now, is the gap going to be that significant? And and by that, I mean, you have to take it in context, right? So one, like, I don't, like that camp line, I know they, they've been on for a couple of goals against. One was like from a terrible angle. One was because TJ Brody fell down, like, and they were in the offensive zone. 
pinning the Habs in on that time. Like that line had nothing to do with either goals, much less Ryan Reeves. Like Matt Boldy shot it from outside the faceoff dot, like center net, and it went in. What do you want Ryan Reeves or, Sha- or Sam Lafferty to do? Like, it makes yeah, no but difference. over the course of a season, yes. I think you're confident that the line won't be as effective. A hundred percent, but also consider that they're not going to play Reeves as much. So is five minutes of Reeves, but then also we're seeing Nylander bump down to that fourth line or Marner for Yarn an Cook five. a couple times. Yeah. Is that better than Sam Lafferty for 11 minutes? I don't know. I think you have a conversation there. I would actually rather see Nylander and Marner get greased up minutes and play them a little bit extra with those players than just see like a steady 11 from Lafferty personally so like you're trusting sheldon keith to really handle that situation right like at that point yes i mean you can make a case either way yeah for sure but you can make a case either way about like is he going to deploy he's right and it it does make his life more difficult than if you if you put it in like a a tiny little box and you just say all right well here are the four lines and you're somewhat rolling them and lafferty could have been here instead of reeves and you know the team would have been much less physical Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, which I do think is true. Like I genuinely think they'd be much less physical with Lafferty in that spot. Like I don't know how anyone would argue against that. So I think you're adding a bit more of a physical component, and you're probably greasing up the minutes of a few other guys in that spot. And I still very much I know they've invested in camp, and you're right. There's probably going to be like two, three shifts a period where you're like. But I still think you can very much use him to close periods defensively without Reeves on that line, which is what they've been doing. Use him on the penalty kill. Use him in, you know, various defensive zone situations to close out a game that they're leading. And all of those things are not going to involve Ryan Reeves. And if they were to involve Lafferty in this scenario, as opposed to extra minutes for Yarncroc, extra minutes for whoever else, I don't know. Now you kind of see how you can work around it where it's really not like you're splitting hairs at absolute best. I think at the end of like that people are kind of going on about it. Like, well, how much are they really, really going to get burned by this? Like they didn't lose to Chicago because they had Ryan Reeves. They scored one goal at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. That's not on Ryan Reeves. There may come a game though. Like there may come a game. And like I, I'm I'm not even saying hundred percent you're wrong. I wish I was as confident about you either way, but it is I think that's what's interesting about it is we're never going to be able to get a definitive answer on this. And as much as people say like you know, fighting is going out of hockey, these type of players are coming out of hockey. And in terms of percentage and numbers, they absolutely are. It is gonna. I think it's gonna be a long time before this idea is truly extinct. And I don't know if that's for better or for worse. But that tone setter, that enforcer, whether it's fighting or not, whether it's hitting, whether it's physicality, this is, seems like it's gonna be in the game for a while now. Even though it, you know, if you asked a few years back, it it looked like it was gonna peter out. But here's a guy at his age getting a three year contract. So the NHL clearly still values this. Early in the NHL season, you could argue the Connor Bedard traveling circus has been the thing that sucked up the most attention. And by and large, Bedard has been really good, right? Like the numbers haven't totally jumped off the page, but he's getting a ton of opportunities. You could definitely envision a world where he's already got three, four goals at this point. But I do think it's worth talking about, in my opinion, the sort of one guy who could threaten him for Calder consideration, threaten him to not derail the hype train, but maybe slow it down. And that's Logan Cooley, who's been 
absolutely fantastic for the Arizona Coyotes. Now, this is a team that has scored only five goals in total as we record here. So we know that that he has not have incredible numbers. He has three assists in three games. He's looked incredibly dynamic on the power play, very creative as a passer, uh, which is a kind of interesting contrast to Bedard, who's looking for his shot sort of at all times, arguably to, to a fault in moments. And I just think it's worth a little bit of shine on this guy because there's a chance here that, you know, we have this conversation and in three weeks, like Bedard is taken off like a rocket. That doesn't mean that Cooley still won't be relevant, but he is someone who deserves a little bit of a moment in the sun here while his production has been comparable to Bedard and he's playing in a featured role. Yeah, it's interesting. Like he, he obliterated college last year, right? And by and large, the the favorites Bedard just not only is he playing really well already to start the season Chicago's maybe been a little bit above expectations which helps he gets all of the attention from the media which definitely does help like this is a vote at the end of the day for sure it's a popularity contest to some degree Uh, you know just because someone wants student president doesn't mean that they're the (laughs) best possible student president that's not to say I'll be the case with Bedard uh but you look at Cooley coming off of that season and some of the things he's already doing. Like he he made a backhand pass to Nick Schmaltz against Jersey for a one-timer goal. And I was watching it live and the D-man was wide open. And I was like, pass it to the guy. Just let him shoot. Like there's guys in front. And he made that backhand pass and live. I was like, where is he going? I like I'm getting the camera view. And I'm like, I don't understand what he's doing. And then they scored. I was like, all right, he made, maybe he's 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 something he's on to something. Yeah. And it's tough to say this too, because as you noted, Arizona scored five goals and they're one and two, but I actually think Arizona could be like an interesting ish team. I agree with that. Like I kind of like them. Yeah. Right. Like I like their goalie. I think they have some like surprising forward depth. If Barrett Hayden is the real deal as he was kind of showing last year. Like, I think there's some things there. So that's where it gets interesting to me because I still don't think Chicago is, is good. No, but but if Arizona is climbing in that race for the first time in you know half a decade or whatever it's been, if you want to count that Taylor Hall like COVID bubble season, go for it. Um, but like if they're there and and he's having a year, it's going to start turning heads. Like eventually, people are going to look and go, "Well, he's producing, and Arizona's like somehow winning games." I think the stylistic difference. It could be an issue for him because Bedard is always looking for his own opportunity. So he could get that gaudy goal total because he's just, he's firing. Like the guy, he's yeah. he's clearly almost, he's frustrated that he only has a goal so far. Like if you watch him in that game against the late Maple Leafs, he's like smashing his stick against the side of the bench. And, you know, he has as many shot attempts as anyone in the league. And so he's kind of in control of his own destiny offensively. Whereas Cooley is obviously a scoring threat, like we saw that in the preseason and what he did in college, but he is someone who's going to look for his teammates a little bit more. And his teammates, kind of like Bedard's teammates, are like not elite level. Like he's playing on the second line. He's playing on a power play that 
is not going to be among the best power plays in the league. So whenever you have a player like that, there's always a chance that his teammates kind of don't make good and the assist total doesn't ratchet up. And like the reality is people are really looking at point totals when it comes to this type of thing and goal totals. And there's way more subtlety to the game than that. But these are people voting who are not watching all the Coyotes games, not watching all the Blackhawks games. And I'm not claiming that we're doing that. Like I'm not saying I'm watching 82 Blackhawks games or 82 Coyotes games. Like I'm not that much of a psycho. So I, I get it. That's where it seems like, and I'm I'm not even saying that Bedard isn't the better talent because I think Bedard is a better talent, but that's where it seems like Bedard has the chance to really pull away because I don't know, he throws in 40 goals or something like that. Like, it's just going to be really hard to deny him both in terms of a little literal award, but also just in terms of the fan and media appreciation and hype. But yeah, I think the Coyotes even though they haven't shown it are a little bit interesting. And I think that Cooley looks like a guy who's an impact NHL or right away. That's the tough thing, right? If he, if one guy has 15 to 20 goals and the other guy has 30 plus, but the overall point totals are comparable, it's always going to go to the guy with more goals. And then you add in that he's a year younger, which I think means something, although it hasn't always right. Like shout out Logan Couture, shout out <laughs> Artemi Panarin back in the day. So, I mean, to me, it's always meant something, but it hasn't always meant something to voters, which is a whole story in and of itself. But I like, I think he can make it interesting, but he'll need his teammates in Arizona to have that team be interesting. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.